podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, welcome to this week's Five Year Plan podcast. Hey. Hey. It would have been a more enthusiastic yay, but you took five attempts <laughs> to say hello and welcome. Oh dear. Oh, don't mention the number five. Oh, sugar. Oh. Sorry about that. Well, yeah, we'll come to that. We are, uh, it's Pod 214, sponsored by Vector Printing. For all your print embroidery needs, go to vector.co.uk. That's Vector with it. Okay. okay. Correct. And JCIS, the Global Research and Brand Consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. <coughs> Very nice, very nice. And the person we got saying I will in part two is Mr. Palace himself, mm. our special guest this week, Jason Puncham, yeah. who you can hear more from in part two when we put our questions and your questions to him. Might as um, well just fast forward. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say it's a slightly odd one tonight because we've just come back from yeah. the Red and Blue Bar where we did the interview, so we're slopping, slipping, slopping it, slopping it, we're slipping it into, uh, slipping it into part two. Slipping and slopping. And um, I think, if even if you're not a Palace fan, I think football fans would be really interested yeah. to hear what Jason's got to say. And on on a, one or two subjects that I didn't think he would entertain even beginning to answer them, about, about his feelings about the cup final and all sorts yeah. of things. So it's, he was really open. Candid. Really open, very candid, and... Very interesting about Palace fans, very honest about how hard he had to work to make them like him. Also. I'm just saying, I, I wasn't there, by the way. I'm not just <laughs> silent in the interview, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. St- yeah, staring point. at you. Yeah. You weren't there, yeah. You've joined us for the... So uh, probably would be. Yeah. <laughs> and also <laughs> there was a beer tasting element as well, because Steve Browett said... So, so yeah, Steve was there, there promoting the beer Jason, Jason was very... Uh, very professional. On the water. Although I'm not entirely sure I believe him when he says he only ever drinks in June. Who's <laughs> <laughs> um, June? Hey! Hey! Uh, there we go. Um, so, before we get to the punching bit, then we need to talk about Palace's game at Man City at the weekend. Yes. Well, unfortunately, uh, we lost 5 0. Heaviest defeat of the season. Unfortunately. <laughs> Tight, the timing's obviously very bad for us now, three defeats on the bounce. But the, the talking point ahead uh, on Saturday, when the team news came out, was that there was no Delaney. He was on mm. the bench, and mm-hmm. we end up starting with Kelly. In the middle of a back three with Joel Ward <coughs> and Jeffrey Schlupp as his other yes. centre-backs. That they moved to a back four with Schlupp in the middle. Mm. Was that a mistake from Allardyce? Well, with hindsight, I, it was... Well, can you see why he did it or would you have got I, a day but, Yeah, half of our squads are out injured. Yeah. I, I was away at the weekend. We were in Naples watching a football match over there. Uh, uh, to be to be perfectly honest, none of us were that surprised by. I, I was because I'd been checking all week whether Van Arnold had ever played centre back. Yeah, the answer was no. But I thought that he wouldn't have the confidence to play Delaney in a four four two with the mobility that City have. Mm-hmm. With hindsight, you think it's better to play an experienced centre back, no matter how old he is, than somebody who's mm. never played that position before. Yeah, and he, he changed the system really early on, and it was quite clear that. It, hadn't worked but even even so at half time I still thought I still thought there was <coughs> you know, we'd come back from a goal down before City mm. weren't yeah. I wasn't but 
I wasn't watching the game. I came. I checked the score. I've told him it was one nil. I'm like, all right, Joe. Joe, I'll go down and watch the watch the rest of this. I joined in at three nil, and then. Yeah. Um, do you think it might have been a bit of an element of uh, the game against Hull being much more important, and him wanting to have Delaney fully incapacitated mm, for that? I don't think so. I think there's more, and it's a question that we ask uh, our guests later on. Certainly, Allardyce. I mean, obviously, Allardyce wouldn't like to concede that it, it was a tactical error on his part. So he's talking about complacency having set in after mm. the Liverpool result. Mm. I think I think it's more a combination of complacency and heavy leggedness with having those three games on the spin. Mm-hmm. Fact is, as well, you have to remember we have had a week though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it, I think I think the other thing as well that maybe we'd got, we'd flattered ourselves a little bit because we had we'd beaten three of the top six. Yeah, we were going to do that again, and it's luckily the, the whole Sunderland result at the end of the afternoon rendered it not yeah. disastrous. Yeah, because, because, because it means there. it's still yeah. you'd still out of the three teams, you'd still rather be us than any of the other two. But yeah. you know, we've been saying for weeks, you know, fifteen things have to happen. Now it's down to five things have to yeah. happen. Yeah, right? and but, we all did say it'll be fine because Everton all bat Swansea. Well, no, we didn't also... Andy Street was the one who said that. Andy Street sent us all on our WhatsApp What's group. You know, Swansea, yeah. are, Swansea are rubbish, Everton are brilliant, stop worrying. And he did keep sending these, us this Financial Times thing, survey yeah, breakdown they, thing. Well, you can't even see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. gone from 0.1% of us going down to 35% chance of us going down. Yeah. Really. You mean to quote Dumb and Dumber? Yeah. So you're saying there's a chance? Well, yeah, essentially. Well, yeah, but <laughs> it's still... It's still oh. yeah. But I, the thing is as well, if, look, if we can't get a point against Hull... At Sellers Park, yeah. Then we kind of deserved last home game of the season. Well, this is the thing because yeah. I, um, I, I linked to an article where, where of Palace fans slagging off Everton. I think mostly jokingly online, and every Palace response was, "Well, we're our own, we're our own worst enemies here. We can't blame Everton. We can yeah. only blame ourselves." And there is an element of that, isn't there? After the Burnley game, no, you can't blame Everton. Also, the yeah. fact is, all the reports of the game said that Everton were probably the better team, but Swansea caught a break. So it's it's. It is to still down to us. We're still underestimating the fact we were in the middle of a relegation battle. Mm. We're still in it, but it's, yeah. you'd, you'd ask if, if tangentially, we're on the fringes of it. Yeah, but we're yeah. still even even now. A lot of the papers don't. They just have Swansea and Hull. Yeah, we're but we know being Palace fans that yeah. you're never but out the, of it. The, until... the, the fact is as well that we would have when we were four 0 down at half time to Sunderland. Yeah. If you'd said then, look. We need a point against Hull last yeah. second last game of the season. You'd go, all right, I'll take, yeah, take, take yeah, that. Yeah. I'll take that. Whoever programmed that game on Sky Sports is going to be in a <laughs> mire that, right? of ecstasy. <laughs> Two weeks later, whoever programmed that was getting called into the office to say, "What the? Yeah, what, what's, what, what's wrong with you? What have you done?" <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, but again, I don't know. I mean, in an ideal world, it would be wonderful if Sunderland. And I, I don't think it's, it's beyond the realms of fantasy to think that Sunderland will beat Swansea. Yeah. But I mean, which would be wonderful. Um, but if Swansea do beat Sunderland, then Hull have to win yeah. against yeah. us, or they're down. So Hull have got no choice but to come and try and and we like to win the game. That. And we that is an ideal scenario. For well, let's, let's, but also, time, look, it's Hull and not City who have uh, who have yeah, it to it, win. But, you know. but the atmosphere, well. the atmosphere. I think, yeah, no, it was the, different the, with Burnley. The Burnley one, I think. I really think the Burnley play with one. The ball, you know, not not just that, but I think. It, it was only on the Wednesday night that Tottenham ran us ragged yeah, that's true. in that's the second true. half. And that was only three days after we had 30% of the ball at mm-hmm. Anfield. But it was just... the first game that we had to play without Saka yeah, entirely. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I, and I think it was just one of those just one of those games. And I think as well, 
everybody at the club assumed that other results would have got in our favour by now. Yeah. And I, they will be lifted for this game and, and there will be a really good atmosphere. And yeah, the, the nightmare scenario is that whole score early in the jitters get in. But I sense, you just sense from what you hear around the club that they're up for it. And yeah. Whole, I mean, the whole, Hull have built their whole renaissance, if you like, the fact that their manager hadn't lost a home game in three years yeah, yeah. in any country he'd managed in. Yeah. Mm. And then they lost at home to Sunderland. Yeah. And we said, didn't we, on the Worst pod that Sunderland, the it might, they might free themselves up by having gone it down is, yeah. and just... Yeah. So yeah. Also, Premier League game. Who, who was it for Hull that said, oh yeah, the Sunderland game would be great, give us a chance to boost just our to, goal to, difference. Because yeah. the manager... Is really manager. No, no, the manager, the oh, manager right. addressed the, the fans and said... We've got to stop talking like this. Yeah, uh, yeah. People are saying this is perfect. We, it's a matter of how many goals we score. We've got to stop talking like this. But it's an indication that they had been talking mm. like that. The well, thing with Sunderland yeah. as well is that they will be. It's their last home game. There'll be a massive crowd. They will be relaxed. Yeah. I, I would be interested to see whether Sam's been on the phone to a couple of his old players. Maybe. Just to boost them up, where he's been Maybe. on the phone to Defoe yeah, saying, look, if Break a fans, couple of knees, there'll be a 50 quid well, in your shoe. Yeah, or just saying to Jermaine Defoe, look, he fancy another contract next season if we stay up. Well, and, you know, he so, said this, he said, yeah. he said, doesn't he, that, that he will be interested in Defoe yeah. in the summer. Defoe I, I certainly will be think, able to leave. I, think, I would certainly be interested. I think, in that, yeah, I think ironically, Sunderland are difficult opposition. For, I mean, these words might come back to haunt me, but I think they would probably. Rather be playing someone like Stoke away than they would Sunderland because yeah. Sunderland that Sunderland team will well, be nice, yeah <laughs> that Sunderland team well you do wonder whether Pulis will be mm, that worried on the yeah. last day of the season but that well, Sunderland team will be up for beating them yeah so but even but even so it's still entirely the other thing as well Hull have got to beat us and Tottenham yeah well Tottenham this is the thing Tottenham yeah, yeah. although um, title will probably be season. gone by then Let, let's get back to City then. Let's not think about it too much. We are. Yeah, good we, we'll, we'll, yeah, come, yeah, yeah. we'll come to Hull. We will come to Hull. Yeah, you know, she hasn't introduced us yet, by the way. Yeah. No one knows. Oh, have I not? No, no one's oh. got a clue. My name's James are. Endicott. Yeah. <laughs> this is Jason Punchin. <laughs> People know who you guys are now. Yeah, of course. Sure they don't. Yeah. Yeah. What about my sexy new voice? Yeah. It is quite sexy. Slash cold. <laughs> um, we were talking earlier about um, what happened at City. And I've just got a note here about Martin Kelly because he came out afterwards. And sort of in the, well, he didn't even indicate. He said we didn't practice that system mm. long enough. Yeah. Firstly, is that a bit of a bold thing for someone? Someone, someone to say? Sam then came out and said, "Well, if Kelly had headed it out properly, and and you know afterwards the press sort of made it this Kelly versus Adelaide, Adelaide thing, and I don't think it was. But it's quite a bold thing for Kelly to come out and say we didn't practice long enough on that new system. I, I think, and again. Jason Punch and hints at this a little bit. I think Allardyce, uh, all the clubs he's been at, operates uh, on a you know men up you know man up theory and is happy to bollock players, but is happy to be shouted about. And I don't think mm-hmm. Allardyce. I think it reflects the fact that you've got a group of players who will shout back at the manager, who will shout back at them. So I, I don't think I don't mind players doing that. To be perfectly honest, and I I, I do think he's right there. I think it's. The three at the back is a system that didn't particularly work work well when for did us. We, do it, we did it before Everton, once. We did it against Everton. Everton. We only lost one nil. Borough at home was that or was that four? No, back to four. We only did it properly. No, against it was it. It once. We went three at slash home, five at the back. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's certainly it's not something that we played a lot. 
No. We look more comfortable. No, no, no. For, 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 for there, like, was, yeah, there was yeah. a distinct point where we were all going to make is three at the back of the way to go. So it did yeah. happen was there at least for one bit. occasion. Yeah. But I think, see, I mean, the fact is as well, you can't keep going 1 0 down to top teams away from home no. and come back to them like we did at Liverpool yeah. Chelsea. Yeah. And the City, I mean, it's a classic. It's like, it's like Middlesbrough last night against Chelsea. You just hope to go as long as you possibly can. But also, sometimes you just have to accept that there are teams that are better than us yeah, yeah. Mm. in that division, and that for all that we've played role recently, we're in we're where we are for a reason. Yeah, mm. and some teams have got players from one to eleven that are better than players that we've got, especially when we've got we've three first choice centre backs out as well. Yeah, no goodbye, no goodbye, no goodbye. Is, a big is, a big miss. Yeah. Money's really, not there, really and it's funny actually because uh, there was quotes from James McArthur saying. I haven't, I haven't played well enough this season, which is c- kind of true. But then he also hasn't really played as much this yeah. season. But he, you know, a year ago we'd be saying, "Oh, Jimmy Maxim in one of our best midfielders." Yeah. Now I think when Kabai's not there, I think you realise he's not even in the same. We really miss him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, Kabai's. We've talked long and hard about why Kabai is a better player. I don't think it's just the fact he's playing further forward. He's playing with better players. I mean, he's, Luca, Luca's arguably. As good as Kabai, but in a different position. He's so you think Luca misses Kabai when he's not there, though? <coughs> That's a good point. The last couple of games, he's not quite. Been... I, th- I think. I think good players will tell you they want to play with good players. As simple as yeah, that. And, yeah. and you know, def- and when when Luca and Kabai are the kind of players that complement each other yeah. very well, because not only yeah. are they competent at what they do, but when you've got a player like Luca behind you, you can sort of have the faith to run around a little bit more and be the terror and do what Kabai likes to do. Yeah. Yeah. And likewise, when you've got someone like Kabai doing that. As a defensive midfielder, you can go. All right, well, I can stay here yeah. and do my job instead of having to chase people down. And, well, well, that's because yeah. exactly, the thing is that Kabai's been doing two things recently. He's, he's been much more creative up there, but he is that that as Ed says, that little terror. He's he's the one closing down the the, the back four basically, and he's breaking up. You know, you, he's breaking up tackles twenty yards ahead of Luca, and then if Kabai doesn't do it, Luca does. Luca does it. Yeah. So it's it, that dynamic has changed. Does it make you realise that? Yeah. yeah. When we stay up, and he said, "If we stay up, when we stay up, yes, this squad, even though we can all agree it's probably our best ever squad, mm. it still needs investment because oh, you still need when Kabai's there, you need yes. more players. When Dan and Tompkins or it, Saka, it, aren't we've there. been saying it the whole season, it's, it's the depth of the squad. Yeah, we've said it needs improvement. Well, we've said it every season since we first stayed up. We, we thought we were getting there, didn't we? Well, we did, but still, I mean, it is. I mean, the Palace." First eleven now would probably beat the Palace first eleven of Ian Holloway quite comfortably. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's yeah. still it's still the depth of school. Having said that, there aren't that many teams in the Premier League who could lose their first three centre backs. That's true. Without suffering, That's true. the fact that we've but got more than three centre backs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, mainly two of them. Another Premier League team would touch, but um, yeah. But yeah, that's the that's the thing. But the, the the trouble is that the position we're in is that it's kind of difficult. You can you can bring a really good player to Palace, someone like Kabai or Benteke. You can bring to Palace and promise them first team football. Mm. Then you've got the next level of players that you want on the bench that don't necessarily want to come to Palace and be on the bench. Yeah. So you're not attracting the very best squad players, and then that's yeah. when maybe you should look at yeah. lower, bringing lower league players in. I don't know, but it's it's very easy to say to. If we try and buy Saka, it's very easy to say, look, you'll start every game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you're bringing, if you were trying to buy Scott down now and saying, well, you're going to be my backup yeah. centre back. People want to sit at the bench at Chelsea, but not. But not, not Palace. Palace. Exactly. Yeah. Look, look, yeah. At, look at Batshui. Yeah. You know, I don't know if it was ever more than a rumour yeah. that we were going in for him, but he's. No, we were definitely in for him. Perfectly yeah. happy to, yeah. to sit on the bench at Chelsea rather yeah. than yeah. guaranteed yeah. 40 yeah. games for Palace. Yeah. 
So that's the problem. And even like for all that Kelly's been playing really well, if you want to be a top half Premier League team, you don't want to be looking at the bench going, <coughs> "Oh, it's all right, we've got Martin Kelly there." You want you yeah. want players like Tomkins and Dan as your backup players, if you like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why you know, like, but like the, people like Schlapp are the ones that we have to get in for. He wasn't getting looking at Leicester. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people would rather not get a looking in London. Yeah, he's yeah. A, in fact he's a really that's a really good example of that because he's a sort of well, level of player you. on the bench. Yeah, you know, if you've got a schlup on the bench, you go, that's all right, that's definitely yeah. an improvement. We but need a bench full of schlups. But, yeah, but if he's <laughs> it's one of your musicals, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but if he's starting, you're not you're not necessarily going, mm, that's But then but you're good. also then you're getting into the realms where you're having to pay your backup players the sort of money <laughs> you were paying your first team players yeah, previously. Yeah. Which Which is great, crazy. Isn't money we have? Well, they're all. Minute. I, but, yeah, I, I suppose you're going to. I wouldn't mind Schlupp starting. I think Schlupp's quality, and I remember. It, just dur- not a centre back. Yeah, not a centre back. During the the Everton game, the first one he played, he, he was dynamite. He was our yeah. best player on the pitch, yeah. and it was when he came off that they scored. Yeah. Um. So it's, it says a lot that we're now saying we're now saying give or take mm. Schlupp. Yeah. Um, oh no, I think I think. No, no, that's a fair point. Actually, you'd say if he was your regular. No, yeah, that's a fair. I wouldn't, so, I wouldn't mind if Sharp was our, our the, the left back we got in during the transfer window. But, uh, you know, there we've got we got a position there with two competent Premier League players. You just need yeah. that in every position. Yeah, yeah well, also the thing with Sharp is that he can play in three different positions. You yeah, can play, he can play, he can play as left well. wing as, yeah, well, as yeah. well if you want. You can left wing back, left back. The the City game just. Um, He's determined to go on about that City game, isn't he? I'm just going to wrap it up. Yeah, we just been. I'm going to wrap it up because I know people want to hear from from Punch, and we will get to him. Um, it's just, I think it was just the time you don't mind everyone a team like Palace maybe not every season but now and then you take you take a 5-0 sometimes that big games the mm. timing of it just you know with a few games left it's just uh, that's what's worrying for me our record uh, the, the worry for me is that it's it, it get in their heads maybe and again maybe people say well they're professional football players but a 5-0 is the sort of thing well you hear from punching later on so it is difficult sometimes yeah. Yeah, our, our record at the Etihad is I know our record against Arsenal at home has been poor, mm. um, but our record at the Etihad, we went. To, you, you go to Chelsea and you go to Anfield, yeah. saying, "Well, actually, we've won there in recent memory." Yeah, yeah, you this is doable. We, but at the Etihad, you just it, I would have taken two 0 beforehand. I mean, that's the worry. Yeah, because yeah. that's that that goal difference thing. You saw, you thought, "Christ, blow the whistle now!" Cause yeah, it, exactly. It, 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 yeah, another two. Can I, I give you a stat? Can I give you a depressing yeah. stat? Last four games at the Etihad. We've conceded 17 goals. Wow. Well, see, that's the, that's the, 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 thing, the, the thing that worried me most about the game is that, that I've been saying to all my, my, my mates going, uh, oh, what if Hull and Swansea win or whatever, Swansea beat Everton, I've been going, oh, we're fine on goal difference. We're it's fine like an extra point. Difference. Yeah, but we're yeah. still, yeah. It's like, well, we're still we fine. We still are. We're yeah, still, we're still are. more than fine. But you do start to worry but, about that. Yeah. But, but, but five nil was a it, big it, chunk. Well, yeah. it's, it's slightly worrying. The other worrying thing is as well that we've now gone three goals Without scoring, yeah, and without keeping a, three games without scoring, yeah. and without keeping a clean sheet as well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Which because then that starts to put those doubts the back four start to lose confidence in the keeper, yeah. The defensive midfield players start to drop deeper and deeper, and, mm. and everything yeah. sort of it's like everything gets unpicked a little bit, like the stitches get yes. unpicked, the spirals, yeah. yeah. But the, the, the fact is that a team that beat Arsenal and beat Chelsea and beat Liverpool should be looking. To get a, we need a point. That's the yeah. thing. Even yeah, if we yeah. needed to win, you'd be going. We should be looking to win this game. We need yeah. a point. We need a point yeah. against home. We've uh, already drawn home this season, yeah. away yeah. from home, yeah. with arguably uh, a less time. competent management at yeah. a bad time, yeah. with a, a, a much dive, less a fit. Dive as well. Yeah, with a much less fit squad yeah. uh, and a squad with much less depth. So I'm, I'm not. Yeah, and I, I, 
Yeah, there are more leaders in our team. Well, yeah. speaking of leaders in our team. Nice. Oh, my uh, goodness me. Oh, my one. God. So you can do it. Oh, wow. You know, so it's taking 214 squads. <laughs> we got to my bedroom for a minute. Think about that. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. Um, after the break, we... <laughs> Uh, we sat down with Mr. Palace himself, Jason Punchin, and Steve Prowett, and we put your questions to them. Welcome back to part two of this week's FYP podcast, sponsored by Vector Printing. For your print and embroidery needs, go to vector.co.uk, and that's Vector with a K. Correct. And JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. Yes, well done. That is the voice of Mr. Palace himself, Jason Punchin. Jason, welcome to the pod. Welcome, guys. Jason. How are you? Good, thank you. Good stuff. We're also joined by someone who's become a bit of a pod regular, in a way. I, I don't know how many times this is, but welcome back, Steve Barrett. Thank you. Uh, once, once a year? One, yeah, yearly visit to the pod. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And a keen listener. A keen listener. Oh, yeah. Well, also, the, Good. <coughs> I think our first visit when you were on the pod was just before the playoff final when you rather generously decided to open a bottle of wine for each year we've been in the playoffs. Except yeah. we've been in the playoffs seven years. Yeah. 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 So the first bottle was lovely. The second one was even nicer. The seventh one we were drinking out of a teapot, as I recall. <laughs> it was a good night. <laughs> it was a good night. That's Kevin Day, of course. Hello. Now, Jason, I heard from somewhere that you, you like a bit of a quiz. A bit of a competitive man. Like a quiz. Yeah, I'm very competitive. I thought we'd start off with a punchin quiz. Punchin oh. on punchin. Let's see <laughs> how you do. So question number one. Who was your first Palace goal against? Stoke. No. Norwich. Correct. Norwich. First um, of January. Yeah. We'll, edit, we'll edit Stoke out. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Number two. You had a brief spell at Lewis at the start of your career. What was the name of the stadium? See, the weird thing is, everyone says I played for Lewis, but I actually didn't. It's on Wikipedia. It is on Wikipedia, yeah. yeah. Well, well, how about this then? Wikipedia has my wrong date of birth. No. <laughs> really? I'll Wikipedia you have? Well, Wikipedia according to Wikipedia, I'm a small village in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> I was having this conversation with Christine at the club the other day. Wikipedia's actually got my wrong birthday. So and that's, that stems back from MK Dons. It's only out by eight days. Oh. My birthday's actually the 18th of June, 86. They've got it as the 26th of June, 86. It's nice that you've dropped so that in just before your birthday. You've let everyone know that your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> and you've never played for Lewis? No. This is the thing. I wonder where they got that from. Had he done his one game at Lewis? No, yeah. I played for Fisher. Right. I never played for Lewis. Well, we know what the... You know what the... Drip, the you know what the stadium's called. Just the oh, dripping pan. Dripping pan, yeah. I just, okay. I just said it. Okay. The he's next obs- question. He's obsessed with the, the dripping pan It's stadium. a great name for a stadium. What's Fisher's stadium? Could we ask him? I can't remember. I just know that it's down... Bermondsey, yeah. Bermondsey, yeah, Fisher Athletic. Yeah, Bermondsey. <laughs> okay, the next question literally starts with the words, according to Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> How many career games have you played? It's funny you say this because I was looking at this the other day, so I should know because I was doing it for my coaching course. It's four, yeah. two, nine. Well, they've got it down as four, four, two. Weird you say that because of my number 42 as well. Yeah, there oh, you go. Wow. There you go. Okay, which three Palace managers have you played under at two different clubs? Again, this is from Wikipedia. So Alan Pardew. Correct. Ian Holloway. Yeah. Neil Warnock. Correct. Well done. Finally, who were Saints playing when you needed to go off mid-game <laughs> <laughs> as nature called? We were playing Everton at home. Correct. Well done. 
you remember what the fans chanted when you came back on? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not allowed to use that language right now. It's a bit inappropriate. We can edit stuff out. It's fine. Well done. So that's, that's pretty much full marks there. Well done. Thank you. Round of applause. Come on. Good stuff. Okay. So, um, big game at the weekend for Palace. Mm-hmm. Big game. What's the mood like in the dressing room? Amongst Palace players at the moment. Obviously, I think everyone's still positive in the fact of the way we've won games in the last sort of part of the season to get ourselves in the position we're in, but we know what state we're in and what points we need to get against Hull at home. Yeah. Psychologically, do you think that after the Liverpool result, you kind of thought it was done and dusted? Or was it just because you had three games in a week, didn't you? Three really tough games, Tottenham and then Burnley. Yeah, I think that (coughs) definitely, I think losing against Tottenham and obviously in the manner we did in the last minute was a big blow, you know, you come off that pitch and you really feel dejaded mm. after that because you really thought you should at least left with a point. Definitely. You know, we didn't really pick ourselves up against Burnley, didn't help ourselves, sort of the same at City, you know, but I think, I'd like to think we wasn't complacent and thought that it's done, mm. you know, but if we was, that's not the case because we know we're still in it mm. and we've obviously got a hold to come on Saturday. How, is it difficult, because obviously the fans at the moment, quite a lot of fans are sort of nervous about Saturday, is it difficult as a, as a player to... Sunday, yeah, that's how nervous I am, I don't even know what day it is. <laughs> is it difficult to kind of get that out of your head and just concentrate on the game, or are you influenced by kind of stuff like that? Um, I think you try not to be, I think I've been in this club, this is my fourth season. There's been lots of big moments like we're going to have on Sunday that we've had. We've had to overcome as players, many players in their careers will have to overcome that. I think you've just got to look forward to it and look positive and try and take the positives out of it ready for Sunday. Uh, speaking of positives, we, we touched on the Spurs game there. Obviously, one of the negatives was losing Mamasaka in that game to yeah. injury. He's been nominated for Player of the Year, as have you, yeah. at Palace this year. Talk about, he's only played eight games for us, but still yeah. been nominated. Talk about his impact. I mean, he's, he looks like he's had just an in- incredible impact on, on, on the players as well, themselves. He's been a massive impact, his character, the way he plays, his determination on the pitch. You know, he's a great character, he talks to people. You know, I think, but the other blow losing Tompkins as well yeah, at the same yeah. time, and obviously losing Dan sort of maybe rock the boat a bit for obviously going up to Manchester City for us. Do you, get, do you get the feeling with Sacco that if we could afford him, he would want to stay? Yeah, I'd like to think so, you know, because he's, he's been a great character and he's mm. warm to the players and I think everyone's taken to him. He's, he's been good in the dressing room. He's got Christian, Johan, you know, players that he's close with. And I think that's obviously helped him since he's come in. Well, he made himself a legend by tackling the referee, didn't he, at West Brom? That's the one thing you have to do, is get yourself out of trouble by tackling yeah, the ref. he does. He puts himself about, and you know, you know, Mamad, every time you cross that right line, you know, you can always look at him and look at him in the eye and know that he's prepared and ready. We've had a lot of questions from our listeners, mm-hmm. so I thought I'd just crack on with some of them. Can I ask Steve Rowe a question, first of all? Of course you can. Because we're filming here at the Red and Blue Bar at Palace. Yeah. Uh, I've already been down to the toilets and used every cubicle, just because it's empty. Okay, a bit weird, but okay. I just, no, I just want to ask Steve whether you, we're roughly a similar age, 32, I think you're 33. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know the way Punchy's laughing at that. <laughs> but I still get, has this ever become a place of work for you? Because I, I still get really excited coming here when there's no game on, let alone when there's a game on. And I'm, yeah, I'm a middle-aged yeah, the man, walk, is it? the walk from Sellers Station yeah. um, up the Homestale Road is still there. Still something special, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Good. It's, I, I always dread when I was a younger Jace, so I used to think things like success and failure wouldn't bother me when I was older, but I just get more I get more nervous about anything now than I used to when I was yeah. a kid. Yeah. Maybe it's because I'm nearer to dying. So I haven't got that <laughs> wow. much left. Bringing to the mood down. <laughs> the same for you, I mean you're a local lad as well and mm. now playing for your local team. Does that add something to it as well for you? It does because I can look out that window and see where I used to live. Wow. With my nan. Really? So 
you know, my mum used to work in the pub at the corner there, the Clifton Arms. The, the sweet shop I used to go to a lot. Oh, well. nice. So I remember it. It's, it's very special special to me, this place, you know, especially when you turn up on a Saturday and you, you, you see the people outside so and after the game. Do you want to tell people why you got here a bit early tonight then? <laughs> <laughs> that was because I just wanted to get some jerk chicken. <laughs> <laughs> tasty jerk. Yep. That's when you know you're getting near the palace as well, the smell of the tasty jerk. Yeah, Lovely, yeah. Huh? plume of smoke. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we've got some questions from our listeners. The first one comes from Alex Charles, mm -hmm. and he says to Punch, thank you for the best two minutes of my life. Actually, that's about the cup final. Was that what it was, two minutes? I think it was, It yeah. was, it was a, great, yeah. a great two minutes. It was a great two minutes. Yeah. What the was the most emotional moment in football ever that really? I've had. Definitely, I think the, the, the whole occasion um, took me by great surprise in the moment that I scored afterwards. And probably for till the whistle blew for actually to go for extra time, didn't he actually realise I was playing in the cup final? Really, really. It was just all so real. Everything that was going on, you know. Obviously, the most disappointing thing is you lost them. Regardless, people always say you scored an FA Cup final, but I do look back at that and say I think that's a very great opportunity missed. Yeah, I mean, we had we we had a really really good chance of winning that, that final, yeah. didn't we? With the, with the team we had, mm -hmm. the team United had on the day. We came, we came very close, didn't we? Yeah, but I still believe, hopefully in the years to come, hopefully I can be a part of that, we can get back there again. I think we've got the capabilities, and obviously putting in the right direction, we can try and achieve that again. Well, we also did, because I thought the other brilliant two minutes was after the Norwich goal as well, which was yeah. almost as good. That, yeah. Did, yeah, that brilliant pose that you did that became sort of iconic, didn't you? <laughs> was that just purely spontaneous? No, do you know, do you know what it was? It was the season I had, um, I'd probably say before that I got injured and the season I had not scoring really got to me because before I got injured I was playing really uh, very below par for me you know and the gaffer to be fair Pardew stopped by me and he played me and then I remember we played uh, Stoke in a cup and I fought my hamstring but my character is always to just go so then we done Bournemouth and then I done my hamstring in the game and I was just so raring to get back, get back. It was even the Reading game in the cup finals on the bench and he wouldn't put me on. He's like, no, I need to keep you, I need to keep you. We played Leicester at home. I need to keep you, I need to keep you. Then I started West Ham and then we came back here and played Norwich. And I remember just everything was so emotional for me scoring in that game. It was just pure natural instinct what happened to me at that time. Mm. And then so much emotion, 10 minutes, five minutes later, I said to Gaffin, I need to come off, I'm absolutely <laughs> blowing. I couldn't run no more like my heart because I hadn't played for so long. Yeah, yeah. I was maybe probably up there unfit them. <laughs> I think that's one of the things that people, Palace fans, love about you mm. is they can see your emotion and they see you care about about the club. And you know, a lot of footballers have the reputation of just taking the money and mm. that's it. But 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 having a, having a, an emotional attachment to the club is is what you know. Yeah, it's people really respect and love. Yeah, definitely. I think Crystal Palace that is our club. It's mm. always been people like that. You know, and you obviously get other players that come in and supplement that, that are good players and great players. But I'm an emotional person, I always have been, and more so with it evidently obviously being my hometown club. Can you, can you take it in? I mean, when you, I know footballers give different answers to this, sometimes they're concentrating so much, but when you hear people singing, he's one of their own, can you, do you hear that? Does that make you proud? It does make you proud, and you, you get goosebumps, you know, scoring, like pivotal times when it happens, you know, the fans sing your name. You know, and the banner they put up, you know, my mum comes to the game, my mum's in tears. Oh. She cries, she sees me afterwards, you know, 
I didn't. I told my mum the morning of the game. She didn't know I was going to be captain. So just make sure you get there early. But she always likes to turn up two minutes before. She <laughs> sees it. She cries. And it's emotional. It's a special moment for me being at my hometown club. I've sat in those stands before. I've yeah, just yeah. walked these roads when it's, there's big games and stuff going on. And to sit there and be able to do it myself is, is great. I take great pride in it. What, what, what was the conversation like when Sam made you captain? Sam's funny, you know, he's a, he's a good guy, great character. He, it, we literally, we was, we was at the canteen, at the training ground. He pulled me and he said, um, you're going to be captain. In front of he, he's not one to pull your side, he'll talk in front of you. So you're going to be captain. So I said, okay. He said, well, smile them, will you? <laughs> so I started laughing. And then that was it, literally. And I suppose I haven't really looked back since. And what, um, what does he, uh, do you do differently as a captain? Extra roles, responsibilities? No, I think obviously there's extra roles in terms of you've got to give the tickets out for away games and stuff like that. But in terms of daily things around the training ground, I just try to be myself, which I've always been a character to talk to people, try and help people. First of all, some people need to get lifted in different ways. And like Wolf's a character, I have to tackle him in a different way. I have to sort of deal with him like a big brother. Some people I can talk to him in a, in a stern way to, to get the better out of him. And I just always try to be me, as far as I'm concerned, when I cross that white line, the only thing I want to do is achieve a win. Mm -hmm. And if I can help everyone around me, and I might not have the best of game myself, so if I've done that and they have, then I've done my job. So has it changed in, in a way, any what you play on, on a Saturday or how you approach the game at all? Has it sort of weighed on you at all? No, it's probably more so helped me in just knowing that you can't go down and give up and switch off in games. And maybe sometimes you get games where you're going behind and you just always have to try and stay positive because everyone's looking towards you. Did Sam explain his reasons for making you captain? Um, yeah, he explained his reasons, um, I think, because he likes my voice. Um, obviously, being a local lad, he said he cares. And obviously, he knows that I'm a very vocal person in and around the training ground, and whether I'm training or not training or in and around the dressing room. And I'm always there to help everyone. Uh, we had a question from Nick Fisher, who says, what do you say to the players in the huddle before the game? It's always different. You know, because depending on the game, you know, I think the Burnley game, we are, I said specifically, I think we just need to respond, you know, and, and, and try and respond in, in the right manner, you know, and it didn't work. Mm. It's not always the right thing you say <coughs> sometimes, you know, the Leicester game said something and it worked. We've done the Chelsea game, I didn't say anything. We came out in the second half and we yeah. still won. You know, you always try and pick different things that you might say at that time what you feel is right. OK, um, we had a question about your position on the pitch. Before I go into it, where, what's your favourite position? Where do you, if you could choose, where do you pick to play? Anywhere, as long as I'm on the pitch. Doubly? Anywhere. <laughs> you started as a winger, didn't you? Yeah, I started as a winger in my, in my younger days. I enjoyed playing the winger. I think I scored most of my goals from there. You know, I remember seeing you as a winger score three goals against Palace. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that because it was uh, for <laughs> the, the wrong team. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I've, I've always enjoyed playing more on the, the attacking forefront, you know, but I'll adapt to anything that, that helps the team. Mm. And it is hard because you go from a flying winger to somebody who creates, scores goals, then you're almost playing as a midfielder, holding, sitting, and people look at you and think, ah, oh, he's a forgotten man, he can't do this now, he can't yeah, do that, yeah. he's not the same punch and he's not this. And really, if you identify it, the football has changed my role in the team which I've had to accept, otherwise I would have got left behind. When you've got Andros and you've got Wilf, Johan's playing a bit further up at times for us now, yeah. you know, Maka's played there further up at times for us to, to get goals. When you've seen those players, I'm not a person that says, oh, I can do that, I'm going to go and now do that as well. If I need to do something else in the team to help the team, that's what I'll do. Would you, would you not prefer to have one position and just play that for ages and get into the rhythm of it rather than being someone that kind of 
can play so many positions, do you think you kind of you, you become a victim of your own versatility? Yeah. I would, I would say so before. Yeah, I did find it difficult, probably, like I was saying in the beginning of last week, because I was playing left, right, and through the middle, up front, sort of. But as you get older, you learn to adapt. And the quicker you can adapt is the better. You know, and I, for me, I take it as a blessing that the gaffer can play me sort of anywhere in the team, that I'm capable to do that. Mm -hmm. And I take that as a blessing for my own ability. Speaking of uh, that hat-trick, <laughs> we have had a question <laughs> from Graham Mackay, and he says, I love punch. But isn't it about time he publicly apologised <laughs> for the Millwall hat trick? I publicly do apologise. <laughs> but that, that hat trick resulted in Dougie Friedman becoming the manager of Palace. That's very true. Because well, what was it? That one. Steve, I, I was sitting next. To, I've told this story before, but I was sitting next to Steve in the stand at Millwall, and he said to me, "Have you got a pen?" And um, was that Boxing Day? Wasn't it? No, it was New, New Year's, Year's Day. Oh, New Year's, New Year's Day. Day. Yeah. It was just after Punch had scored their third goal. Like, and he, and he started writing something and, and I saw the directors of Crystal Palace Football Club regret that George Burley is... And anyway, so, so that... Because we were, we were pretty near the bottom, wasn't it? And right. it wasn't going it wasn't well. Great. Yeah. And it, I, don't, I think if we hadn't made that change because Punch hadn't scored that hat-trick, Palace probably would have gone down to League One that season. So you're saying that so Punch did, did deliberately... Punch did the right thing. <laughs> he did the right thing, Palace. Punch did the right thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did you feel any regret though that evening? I mean, did you when you're when you're at home away from the other Millwall players? Do you think, oh man, I scored a hat trick against Palace? Or um, did you just honestly at the time no because I, where I was in my career at Southampton, not playing, I needed to play games and win and yeah. play. I just thought it was a game of football. But when I came to Crystal Palace, I always knew there was a time in my career I was going to come in. Oh, there was a few times it could happen before, but it didn't. When I came here. I always worried about someone bringing it up. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it did take, well, not being funny, it took till Alan Pardew coming for the Crystal Palace fans to take to me. You know, I've been through the stage when fans boo you and they, they say this, they say that, you know, but it's football and you've got to take it on. And it, it is hurtful times, but now I can only look back at the bright side of all the things that we've done well together. Yeah, we've done a lot. I mean, since you've been, there was a stat that Palace hadn't won a game in the Premier League without you in the lineup. So. I believe. Might still be true. Isn't <laughs> I it? don't know. It might, it might be. be. <laughs> I think it's probably still true. Yeah. So, you know, clearly that's, that's a great start to be involved in, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it's and your stat as, ca as captain is pretty amazing yeah. as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's always a good stat to be in. But, you know, I'm never for the personal accolades. For me, the most important thing is, is about us staying up. You know, and I think we've, we're ready to do that on Saturday. Can I ask you what um, Luke has been like since he came in? What's he like on the training ground? Brilliant. Yeah. Character. Good footballer likes to do his job where he, he sits and plays, you know, and he's just a man's, he's a Crystal Palace player, really? to say it, that's, that's the only way I can put it, really. Just his character's brilliant around the place with the players, constantly talking, you know, and good. What is it, do you think, because we, we talk about this a lot on the pod, of, of a Crystal Palace player, a Crystal Palace person, what do you think that, it, that makes someone a Palace player? Never give in. Always try. Always seem to be trying to give 100%. You know, even if you're not the most talented footballers, they'll always see that. You know, and we all know we love a Wilfred Zaha because you don't give up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The fans now look at Andros and he's the same. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't give in, doesn't give up. You know, they like to see that. He's, he's become a Palace player, Andros. Yeah. yeah. But it's funny that because normally you can only define, you, you can only define what a Palace player is by giving examples. So like Mile, for example, yeah. or, or Jeff Thomas back in the day. But Andros is someone who, I think in the transfer window, most Palace fans thought he was going mm. and with all honesty, wouldn't have been that upset if he had done. But 
he kept his head down, he worked really hard. And I think ever since the West Brom goal, which was, and he was clearly out on his feet for that West Brom goal. Yeah. But since then, it's been, the fans have turned completely. He's, he's, he's become a Palace, like you say, he's a, a proper Palace player. Yeah, I think it's great credit to him because I said it to him. The first six months, he sort of maybe went through a bit what I went through where the fans were booing him to get onto him and yeah. it messed up his whole dynamics of his football. You could see that, you know. I could say it was not for a lack of effort. Right. I think it was a lot more psychological and stuff right. like that. Right. Since the transfer window is closed, yeah. we've seen a completely different player and he's got to take a massive amount of credit for Absolutely, that. You know? yeah. And now we're seeing the Andrews Townsend that we signed. How do you, when, when, you're, when you're going through tough patches, it's not going your way, how do you stop yourself getting affected by fans' criticism or something like that and just concentrate on your game? Because, I mean, players are only human, aren't they? It is difficult. I'm not going to sit and say it's not, but I think those are the testing times when your chips are down. I remember when I missed a penalty at Tottenham and I got stick, 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 stick. Mm. And I remember the days leading up to the training, I was nervous, to the game I was nervous, and it wasn't until I got on the pitch and I just said to myself, do you know what? just going to treat this like a street football match yeah. like just playing with your friends and just forget everything else that's going on around you because you have to be stand up and counted and let's face it fans are there to give opinions football is an opinions game yeah. it doesn't matter whose opinion it is but everyone's opinion is opinion it's how you let it affect you mm. but some of the stick you got from that penalty especially on the media was ludicrous wasn't it, it it's football and I understand it like at the time you obviously you beat yourself up about it but then I said you know what I can bounce back for this and show, the, show them that I'm bigger than that, better yeah, than yeah. that, and I can do better. So I think you did. I think you scored a week later. Yeah, I did. I scored two and two after that. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was actually against Norwich and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so it is, it is often about how you respond to stuff, not as not when you're going through it. It's, it's the next game and how yeah. you respond to it. And what about this season? I mean, uh, no goal this season. No. Is that weighing on your mind? It does at times, but I just think at the times in the games when I'm maybe doing different things defending a bit more or something like that then I look at it and just say do you know what that's what I'm doing for the team now I'll let Johan go and do that I'll yeah, let yeah. Wolf or Andros go and do that now don't get me wrong I ain't going to sit there and say it don't affect me because it does because I, I still believe for myself it's a disappointment in terms of goal return mm-hmm. of what I've gave them probably collectively over the last two seasons but I can't beat myself up about it I still need to just make sure I cross that white line and do right for the team What do you get more satisfaction from scoring a goal or setting up a goal? Depends scoring against Hull on Saturday. The <laughs> <laughs> thing is, you, you only score important goals, don't you? <laughs> I have done over yeah. my time at Crystal Palace scored some important goals, yeah. yeah. Speaking of which, Stuart Casey says, take some free kicks. Yeah. Not on free kicks this season. I think we've had a bit of an um, up and down one with that this season. Um, Pardew wanted, obviously, Andros to take them when he first came in. He wasn't taking them. And then me and Johan, and then now Allardyce sat, the gaffer's come in and he wants me, Luca and Johan on them. And I think we're, we're very overdue one. You know, we do, the, th- the thing is, we do actually practice him a lot. And if somebody was down training watching me, Luke yeah, and Johan, yeah, and yeah. practice him, you'd see we actually got very good free kick takers. We just don't seem to get a lot of free kicks around the penalty area. Mm. You know, Can I, I ask you a question? All Palace fans this season, especially, have, have thought we've not had the best of luck from referees. Do players ever get into that mentality that they think? Because, like Wolf, especially, the amount of times that Wolf gets done for diving or doesn't get fouls that he should get. And it's the same with, I mean, Kabai, the amount of, I mean, he's a, he gets some really bad, brutal treatment. Do, do players ever think the same way? Or is this all football fans assume that all referees are? We do, because yeah. I'm not being funny. When you look at it, 
we could have been one new up in the cup final. Yeah. Last, last oh, season, yeah, yeah, yeah. one yeah, new yeah. up in the cup, cup final. final. Yeah. It was outrageous. Yeah. Shocking. There were two decisions. Yeah. In, was it three decisions in the first half? Yeah, we, yeah. we could have been one new up in the first five, five six, six minutes. Yeah, yeah. Like that. Yeah. yeah. That could have been a completely different game. Yeah, yeah. The Burnley game here, it's a blatant penalty on Will. Oh. The keeper yeah. takes him out in the first half. He's onside. Yeah. The red, it's a red well, that, that to be fair was the linesman's fault for flagging rather than the refs. The Burnley. I was at the Premier League referees game, I think it was the whole game away. The Snodgrass dive. Yeah. Yeah. That was outrageous. Yeah, yeah. Not being funny, we're, we're, we're at a stage where we're losing games, losing games. Yeah. Then we start a game, we start a game well, and then 15 minutes into it, you get that decision. Yeah. It, it does play on you a bit. I forgot that Snodgrass dive. Yeah, we, me we too. We are owed massively. Well, the, not that, the worst one, and it's the same referee, Clattenburg, the Boxing Day game, when Gomez didn't get sent off. That wasn't a foul in the box, he, mm. he belted him from behind. Yeah. On, uh, on Benteke, Benteke yeah, yeah. it was a clear, a straight red card. He didn't, I don't know if he even got a yellow. So you're right. We are, if these things even themselves out. Yeah. And you, as captain, is, is it is the rule coming that only captains can talk to the ref now? See, we had this meeting. That is supposed to be the rule that one player comes over and talks. Yeah. Definitely. But you know, again, I say, and I've said it to the the referees panel, you can't have referees that after two minutes you try and talk to them and they say no go away yeah, yeah you know there needs to be a bit more transparency I think yeah, yeah definitely would you be happy then for a referee to come out afterwards and say this is how I saw a decision or explain why or yeah I think they do have to start taking a bit of um, liability for things definitely because they're making decisions that ultimately sometimes are costing people jobs they're costing yeah. people maybe people's Premier League status yeah, yeah. Cost costing people championships yeah, yeah. which yeah. don't get me wrong I know it is hard for them Yeah, I do get that but we all make mistakes just like we make mistakes on the pitch give yeah. the ball away you know we might make score on goal you know we might make a bad tackle we make the mistakes and we have to go and publicly apologise that they should Yeah. video replays? not to what they showed me at the, f the, the referee meeting too long really? oh really? yeah to the way the way they showed it to me it's a bit too long if it was sh a, sh a shorter segment, then I would be all for it. But there was an instance where it took nearly three, four minutes to get a decision. Really? Yeah. It's not our game. And what, 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 what was it for? Like penalties and stuff? Or? It's for penalty and then for a handball that right. they pulled back. So. Well, you know, my I wouldn't have goal line technology. Totally You're just very retro, aren't you? Well, no, it's not that. I just think but football. That's, a, that's instantaneous. But that, so that's I don't mind. I'll live, I'm big enough to live with that. But I just think. It's all to do with money. The, the teams that want it the most are the teams who make the most money and who think every decision should be for them. And unless part of the reason we yeah, love they, football is that we're still... get the decisions anyway. Well, well that's true. <laughs> but part of the reason we love football is that you're still arguing about... We, we had a penalty disallowed against Leeds in a couple of years ago. I'm still moaning about it. That's part of... <laughs> yeah. that's part 15 of years ago. Well, it is, I know, but that's part of the game. And it should be, because otherwise, in the end, if you agree to video technology, we become NFL in the end. Yeah, comes, I do, I do yeah. agree with you on that. I think you, you can take it a bit too far. Yeah. I think you still need to keep the... Oh yeah, you don't want to go down... I mean, the NFL is so stop-start, isn't it? Yeah, yeah but the game is stop-start. But, but you talk to rugby league fans, they hate video technology because it's, it's just making the game 30 minutes longer. And sure. every, every decision gets, gets yeah. referred upwards. I every think you do that to football, goes. you slow down the, the atmosphere, the tempo, you, you slow down the momentum, yeah. you slow down the fans, you slow down a lot of things yeah. that is about our game. But like I say, it is tough for referees, so yeah. anything that would help them that wouldn't take away from that. I do get, I, I, I get it's tough, I just, one of the things I spoke about at the Premier League, the referees meeting was the fourth official, is we've had fourth officials this season say it was a penalty. Yeah, yeah. If you're saying it's a penalty from there, then tell your referee that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, but then they say, oh, the fourth official's not there to make a decision. Yeah. So it's... But he's still in their ear, isn't he? Yeah, but yeah. they still need, there's still a lot more that I think they can improve on from that side. Okay. Um, 
Right, going back to the cup final, mm-hmm. saying we do on the pod most weeks anyway. <laughs> uh, Kevin Childs says, how do you cope with being dropped for the final? I was gutted for you. Do you know what? That was the, the most testing 72 hours of my career. Really? I think a younger Jason punching at 1920 would have really flipped off. But at my age, me knowing my importance to the dressing room, to Balassi, to Wilf, how they respond to me, made me realise that if I go down or I sort of come with an attitude or come in like I'm really the jaded, it affects them. Mm-hmm. It affects the rest of the group. And the most important thing for me was about the boys. It wasn't what the gaffer decision he made. It was about the boys because I loved every one of those in that dressing room. And the most important thing for me was to go there with a positive attitude. Mm-hmm. And I had to do that. It was hard. Yeah. I'm not telling you, I'm not going to lie to you. It was really hard. But that was the most important thing for me. I still remember the shot. I mean, the pub we were in, it's a kind of tremor went around the pub as the news, the news of the team selection came out. It's like, no one could believe it, did they? No. But had, had he told you he was going to bring you on? He didn't tell me he was going to bring me on. Literally, he told me on the Thursday, and I didn't speak to him till the half time. Um, till, wow. till I didn't. He told me on Thursday, and I probably said hello, good morning, hello. Thursday. Well, that, he told me Thursday morning. Said hello to him Friday. Said hello to him Saturday, and then like 60, 70 minutes when he said he's bringing me, I spoke to him probably three times over that weekend. Wow. Yeah. And what did you shout when you scored? Scott can't, can't tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> did you speak to him afterwards then about the reasons he... Did no, he I did, I did, did speak to him. To be fair, me and him was very close. Right. Definitely. And I did speak to him afterwards about... I think I spoke to him about... That happened on a Sunday. So I, speak, I spoke to him about the following Thursday. Because, you know, we had to... Obviously, he, it was still a raw moment for him and for myself. You know, I spoke to him and we aired everything out. And, and it is what it is. It's a football decision. You can't change it. He made his decisions for his reasons yeah. and he stuck by it. So. so, in a way, the way you're talking there about not getting down for the team, that was kind of a captain's yeah. response to that already, wasn't it? Yeah, I had to because I'm, all, I'm very big around addressing about everyone being positive. I think that's a massive factor in football is when everyone's positive and everyone's reactive to certain things, it helps. When you get people on their own agenda or sulking or they're not positive, that rubs off on other people. You're not... There's not in the football when you've got 25 players, not everybody is a strong, strong character. So they can't see somebody next to them sulking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they can't see somebody next to them moaning because that brings them down. Yeah. You know, so it's always for me always about being positive. Did you really miss Yannick then when he went? Definitely, you know, because he he's a great character, Yannick. Yeah. You know, and he was brilliant for our team and brilliant for what he done, and he, he was brilliant for his success for what he's created. Yeah. You know, the first season people say, oh, he can't do this. He don't know what he's doing. He's doing that. Palace fans alone would say that as well. Now they wouldn't say that. Uh, you know, sometimes you don't know what you what you miss till it's gone. So. Well, he would do. <coughs> it was just something about him. Again, you talk about a Palace player. It's like it's one of those players. If things weren't going right, he would get a tackle in, or he'd, he'd barge somebody, or he'd yeah. just knock it past somebody. And everyone's on their feet, and it kind of lifts the whole. Mm. And he plays. The right. team would play ten yards further forward. Yeah, because he carry it yeah, yeah. and he put pressure on on the back four. Yeah, which at times we missed. I think yeah. when he wasn't around. Um, speaking sort of influences and, and managers, Chris Emmanuel has said, which one manager or coach has had the most positive effect on your career and why? It's difficult because, and that's crazy, I, I could pick parts from all of them. Yeah. You know, Pochettino, tactically, the best. Well, really? Yeah, that I've had. 
you know, um, Tony Pulis taught, taught me a great defensive side of the game. Pardew was a great confidence person. Mm. Sam's a very like just a man's man. You know, which I am is which a man's man. You should be able to be able to told one thing and be able to carry out eight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you to do eight, you should be able to do it. You know, so it's difficult. So I've had good manager. If I could mould all of them, yeah, <laughs> I'd have yeah. a superstar. <laughs> yeah. you know. And you're doing, you're taking your coaching badges yourself. Then? Yeah, I'm gonna go and do my badges in the summer. Wow. So I'm gonna start my B in the summer. Hopefully, that's a two-year process. Then I have to do my A, which is another two-year process. So hopefully, by the time I'm sort of 34. Jason Punchin, manager of Crystal Palace, sounds good, doesn't it? <laughs> Jason Punchin's revenue army. Okay, so uh, Chris Emmanuel again has said, who was your footballing idol when you were growing up? Ian Wright. Really? Yeah, definitely. Good, Ian Wright. good, good answer. <laughs> Don't tell Bray that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I was speaking of sort of going into coaching, I guess. Rob Sutherland has said, what advice would you give to young players making their way as a professional? And is that something you do at the club now? Yeah, I always talk to the young kids. I talk to some young kids that was getting released recently. I think it's very important, especially as a footballer. Growing up from five, six, seven, everyone says, oh, I'm going to be a footballer, I'm going to be a footballer. You might get rejection at 14 yeah. and not get into Chelsea, not get into Crystal Palace. Or you might get that rejection later on at 18, 19. And I think it's very important that if you believe in yourself, you always carry out, and I think that's in any walk of life, mm -hmm. whether you be a busman, a dustbin man, a footballer, but I think any walk of life, you have to always stay positive from setbacks, because you'll always get that. And when you get that setback, it's how you bounce back. And I think that's the one way I can look at my career, is that I always, when I had a setback, I bounced back. I never let it push me under, and I never let it get the better of me. I know it's because I'm, <clears throat> you know, Palace have relaunched the foundation, obviously Palace for Life, and I know it's that you and Wilf, you tend to turn up for a lot of stuff in the schools yeah. and the kids. So obviously being a role model is important to you, but I'm guessing for a lot of the young kids around here, it's very important for them to see people like you and Will turning up and giving them that, that message, isn't it? Definitely. I said it, I think one of the foundation things is, when I was a kid, we didn't have social media. We yeah, didn't have yeah, yeah. iPhones, we didn't have Twitter, yeah, yeah. Instagram. So the only way we knew who footballers was if your parents let you stay up late on a Saturday at 10.45 for match of the day. Mm -hmm. Then it was very rare that you did do that. I used to have to record it on a VCR and watch it after my Sunday match. <laughs> so these kids now, they all get the stickers, they get the, yeah, they yeah. got phones. They see these things, Sky, probably majority of people got Sky in the house to see these things. I think it's very important that we take care of our community because we're now talking about the future stars. And, you know, we need to get them from as young as possible, really. Speaking of which, Chris Emmanuel, he's got a lot of questions in tonight. Yes. Uh, I said, if Pal uh, sorry. Is your friend? Isn't, well, yeah, I know him. He's, He's a, a nice guy. Of friend of the pod. Everyone's a friend of the pod. That's true. Yeah. Um, if you could go back and tell the 16-year-old Jason Punchin one thing, Question. what would it be? Don't score three goals. Professional. <laughs> be professional. Yeah. Definitely. I look at my career in, in two aspects. If I would have taken certain protocols that I took at 23, 24, would I have been in the Premier League longer? Then I also look at it and say I wouldn't have changed the way I went. There's always that side that plays in your mind because of the way I went and what I went through makes me appreciate to understand that I didn't just start a top Premier League team at 17, 18. Mm -hmm. I really did have to go down there and graft and graft and graft to get myself there. Yeah. So you must have played in. So you said you played for Fisher in a non-league. Yeah. You played in League Two, League One, Championship. I played in League Two, League One, Championship, Premier League. Yeah. So you experienced it all. Yeah. I've been to. The Rochdales. 
when you go there on a Tuesday night and half the pitch is frozen, the other yeah. half is soggy. Well, that's like that's what Damo said when Damo was on the podcast not long after the Chelsea game that we mm. also won when he had that battle with Costa, yeah. which he really enjoyed. And he said he said to Costa afterwards, "I've played it." Rochdale on a Tuesday night. I played against harder people than you. Yeah. Who, uh, when I was a kid, who tried, trying to hurt me, and so he actually enjoyed it. So, mm. Do you find is there a, an attitude thing with with some younger players now who get you know who get offered a job by Chelsea at the age of 16, 17, they get they got an agent and an entourage? Do you find it? I think it's too much too soon. Really? I, I definitely do. I think in modern society, I just think it's the world we live in. I don't blame the football clubs, I think the world we live in, children nowadays, like I said, the social media, the, yeah. the access to fast cars, to, to nice holidays, to all these exciting things, and they're getting such good money at a young age. What would you, what would probably majority of 17, 18 year old kids at that age do? But what would you say to them? How, how would you kind of make them appreciate someone like you that's gone and worked their way up? How do you kind of instill that in people? I think it's very important for them to understand the people that actually take time out to talk to them, because I think that's a very important thing when you're a kid and you've got adults speaking to you and trying to help you in the right way and especially coming from outside your family they only want the best for you and I think it's very very important to identify that okay Rob Grogan says have you felt at your most settled during your time at Palace in your career I think you've played the most games for one club oh yeah definitely it's from the moment I walked here mm. you know it was difficult at the first start because obviously the way it went under Holloway we was down there a bit took a big to stick myself but I also said to myself I'm going to stick this out mm-hmm. you know and it's, I've never looked back and the one thing I can say we, I think year on year we've created history apart from last year mm-hmm. you know each year we keep staying in the Premier League we're creating history and as long as we keep doing that I think we're in good stead well if we stay up this season that's five years be a club record yeah. um, ok right final few questions then from, from our listeners uh, Alex Wardlow Favourite moment in Palaszczuk? Favourite moment? It'd have to be when we beat Chelsea. Really? Which one? It's not a selfish moment. I think that the, when we played Chelsea at home. Oh yeah, John Terry. It was in a oh, similar. Goal, yeah. It was in a similar mode. Where it was under Tony Punis. We I think it was in about 22, 23 points maybe. I think before that. Yeah. yeah. We went on five games. So we. It's just 15. Yeah. So it was, I think it was about 23, 24 points maybe. And I remember played that game and we thought if we beat them we can go on and I remember Tony Police didn't walk the pitch I remember the pitch was all bubbly yeah. and all they was doing was complaining complaining and all it was doing was lifting us lifting us lifting us mm. and after the game it honestly felt like we was Chelsea and us because the Palace right. already played mm. we felt so superior to them I remember Jose came in the room and that made me really realise what togetherness is about definitely within the group because after that it's just we never look back why, we, we've had quite a few big results like that, haven't we, in the last couple of seasons. What is it about, I know it's different players each season, but what is it about Palace that is able to sort of get those big results? I think, again, never giving up is a typical Crystal Palace performance. You know, but when you put that together with the talent that you have, you then become a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous team. Do you, does the team sometimes find it easier to play against bigger teams, sit back and sort of hit them? than it is to sort of break down the smaller teams like the Burnleys? Um, it's a good question, that. Thanks. I think, obviously, the top teams, they're always more superior. They concede more space compared to the lesser teams. But I still like to think we've had some battles with teams like your Watfords this season. Like, it was a scrappy game, really. Yeah. You know, we, we won a game without getting a shot on target. You know, Middlesbrough wasn't the best of the games. Yeah. 
You know, I think even when we played Norwich last season, it wasn't the best game. So we've we've proven we can go through that. You know, I'd like to think that can definitely change. But evidently, when you do play the top teams, they have more possession. Yeah. They do get in that sense of low, and they do concede more space too. It's funny the Arsenal game we just won three 0 These boys will tell you that I'm the most nervous, pessimistic person. I'm a nervous wreck. Mm. And at the start of the first half, I said to my son, "It's going to be a long second half. This is going to be battle." And then within five minutes, he just went. No, we're a better team than them. Like, yeah. just like, and that's so unusual as a Palace fan to just go, they're going to play like this for the whole... Uh, cause Crazy. We played for the whole game, 90 minutes. It's so unusual to see Palace just dominating and controlling it against yeah. Arsenal. Yeah. Teams. So, I mean, that, that, after, that feeling after that must have been... Must have been amazing. We never beat Arsenal, do we? No, we never no, beat not, certainly not like not that. Home. Not, no, not, not like that. that. I don't think, well, that's the first time we've beaten Arsenal in the top flight, right? Yeah. yeah. At, at home. Yeah, okay. yeah since 1979. Yeah. We, 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 we won away, we yeah, won we away in 94 or yeah. something, yeah. But yeah, at home, yeah. 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 Okay, um, Johnny Latimer. Hi, Johnny. We haven't been saying oh, that. We, we haven't been saying that. He gets a special <laughs> hello. Uh, it says, do you think the Palace players have been unfairly ignored for England squads? Yeah. Over the last couple question. of years. And I guess that's a personal one as well. Um, definitely, I think when the, the start of last season, you had the form was in. Yeah, Scott Dan. Scott Dan, Wilf. I think even Wardy at the time yeah. was brilliant. You know, I think we was overlooked. You know, I think the football is a results game business. I think it hasn't helped us after that with the position we've been in. You know, but I think one person definitely that they've missed out on is Wolf. Oh, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Definitely let themselves down, and I think that's a. He's got to do what he has to do, but yeah. I think it's a crazy move for them, and the reason they stalled is the reason his position he's in now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, from a personal point of view, disappointed not to get called up. Is that? Um, Disappointed, yeah, but you know, it's for me. It's all about Crystal Palace, and the higher we are, then obviously the better chances you got. It's very true. Okay, um, before I do the last couple of questions, obviously Jason's on the water tonight. Steve, you're not on the water. Mm. No. Um, you're <laughs> on the on the beer. <laughs> in, if you are on the water, there are big problems. Yeah, in a month, it's got Crystal Palace Beer Festival on it, which is down here yeah. in a couple of weeks in this very it bar. Is in this very very bar, 27th of March. Mm-hmm. Just the Palace Beer Festival. 27th of March, we're going back. Hmm? We're going back in time. May. May. We're just getting ahead for next year. That's why he's captain. 27th of May, which is Cup Final Day. Um, I've just got the list of beers here. Okay. We've got some fantastic stuff. (laughs) A load of of new beers. He's a wine drinker, he doesn't understand. We've got a load of new beers from uh, South London and, and other parts of London. Belleville uh, from Wandsworth, Brick from Peckham, Brixton from, Pri- from Brixton, Brockley from Brockley, Clarkshaws from Brixton, uh, East London, Leighton, Five Points from Hackney, Gypsy Hill, which is in West Norwood, Hackney from Hackney, Hopstuff from Woolwich, London Beer Factory from West Norwood, uh, lots of lots of different beers from London and, and then some great beers from all over the country. And there's a five-a-side on the pitch as six well. Six-a-side, I think six it is. There's, yeah. there's the BBS fans uh, six-a-side yeah. uh, on the pitch in the morning. I think the final will be on when the... FY- FYP's got a team in this year as well. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you're going to do what you did last year. You get your little knock and put your plastic bag full of ice. A little knock. Oh, it was a full... Oh, I went on the turf. He sat there and dug out with his leg on a little beer crate like that. We did better after I went off as well, actually. This and, is, uh, and this anyway, shall I do the rest of it? There's some good food, yeah. Yeah. some fantastic entertainment, including the Jewelers, my favourite ska reggae band. Cool. Uh, there's um, this is not the, the pitch we've done. This is not the most manly question I've ever asked, but will that nice strawberry cider be there again? 
<laughs> I think so, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Two um, parts of that, I'm alright, Jason. Oh, and on, on the, football, <laughs> the football on the pitch, there's going to be Eddie McGoldrick's 11. Oh, well, of course, yeah. Versus yeah. Julian Speroni's yeah, 11. Yeah. And I Brilliant. think if you're quick, you can still bid to be in Julian's team. In Julian's team, team yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Stuff. It's always a good day, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and there's some ex players going to play in there. I know that uh, Fitzall, Bobby Bowery, um, who else? Of others, quite a lot coming. Um, yeah, going to be there. Ju- Julian's going to open the beer festival with Neil Morrissey, nice. which is which is what Punch did last year. Yeah. Nice. Um, there might be a few a few other players and ex players there as well. Speaking of other ex players, then Jeff Thomas has started his challenge. Oh, Jeff Thomas, well, his crazy crazy challenge. What's the matter with the man? <laughs> Jeff's an amazing guy. Jeff, um, obviously, a lot of people who listen to this didn't see Jeff play for Palace, but he he came from. Uh, fourth division I think yeah crew were in the fourth yeah. division and very quickly became the captain of Palace um, became an England player was an instrumental player I mean a real fantastic leader of the, of the team that got to the, the cup final in 1990 and then finished third in the, the old first division in in the 1991 season uh, and Jeff um, well, when he finished as a player within I think like three months he was diagnosed uh, with leukaemia yeah. and was given three months to live. Yeah. Just like, unbelievable. And he had a he had a, a bone marrow transplant, I think it's called, uh, from his sister. And he survived. It was in remission. And he's just devoted his life to raising yeah. money for cure leukaemia. That's all he does. Yeah. He doesn't have a job. He doesn't have an income. He just he just raises funds for for that. He's such a wonderful man. And he rode the Tour de France a while ago, a few years ago. This season, uh, this summer, he's doing the three tours, which apparently only 39 professional cyclists have ever achieved. Blimey. No amateurs ever done it. Um, he's doing the, the Tour of Italy now, which is called the Giro d'Italia. d'Italia. Then he's doing the Tour de France. Then he's doing the Spanish Tour, which is called the Vuelta, I think it is. Vuelta, yeah. um, so three in a row. Uh, he's going to be cycling 10,504 kilometres in 63 days. Crazy. And the guy's 53 years old and he had cancer. And he's, he's an absolutely wonderful man. So if you go on uh, Cure Leukemia's website, yeah. uh, or the Farbinter's website, because we're, we're the sponsor, um, or, or have, have a look at the video he made with, uh, with the Palace players, yeah. um, support him if you can. And uh, Palace will be people updating people with how he gets on. And yeah, stuff. absolutely. And, and I, th- I heard today, I think in September, when he's finished the Spanish tour, He's going to come to a home game, get him on the pitch, nice. and he'll get a fantastic round of applause <coughs> from all the Palace fans. He's one of those people that always make you, when you're in his company, you, yeah. you always leave his company feeling a little bit ashamed that you're not. It's like, it's at the, the launch of Palace for Life. It's like, oh, what are you doing this summer? I went, ah, oh, a couple of gigs, might go to a wedding in Ireland. What are you doing? 10,000 colours. <laughs> <laughs> but he was saying that, and it's, it's a remarkable thing. He reckons it's possible that within five years, there could be the first indications of a cure for leukaemia and, yeah. if, and if there is a lot of that is going to be down to yeah. down to him it's a remarkable story and it, it's a shame actually that more isn't made of it and he wouldn't probably want it because he's such a modest bloke but yeah. more should be made of people like that in, in this yeah. country people do are you look at yeah. people who get knighthoods for being on oh, reality TV yeah. shows or something you know oh. nonsense stuff yeah. you know he should have been knighted ages yeah. and he also what's lovely about him is that he feels the same way about this club as we do yeah, he's as passionate about the club as yeah. He's as played for Rochdale, Crew, yeah. Wolves, Wolves, some yeah. other clubs, but he's uh, 
he he had that palace thing we were talking yeah. about. Yeah, he had that that spirit, and uh, and he's still got it. And he's got a really soft spot for palace. Yeah, and yeah, that's one former palace captain doing the Tour de France when he retired. Fancy riding <laughs> the Tour de France. <laughs> okay, I've got one last question. Known for punch from Palace Man, whose Twitter handle is Tasty Jerk Palace. <laughs> Strong Twitter handle. And he says, Shall I name my dog Punch? Yeah. <laughs> if it's a boxer, yeah. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, and can I say, before we let you go, just publicly, I think it's, it's to your enormous credit and the club's credit that the captain comes on and talks to, talks to us in our podcast days before a really important game. So I'd like, I think all Palace fans would thank you for for doing that same with Steve as well because like, a lot of other clubs a lot of clubs would have stopped you mm. stopped you doing it so but do you remember we, we had Mele or you had, oh, Mele. you had Mele on the podcast a few days uh, before uh, the Brighton do you? semi-final yeah yeah. Um, which I think we won yeah correct uh, yeah. Yeah. and uh, so, so we set a bit of a precedent right? we did well we really appreciate well, it well, well, I'm, 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 I'm in block W with the half away so if you score I expect you to run <laughs> <laughs> now, honestly, I, I really appreciate you guys for obviously asking me to come on this. It's a great credit. And also, I'd obviously like to thank all of yourself, including all the fans, for the fantastic support that was obviously had this season. You know, and, and the support we're going to get again on Sunday. Good stuff. Okay, and after break, we'll be previewing that game as well. Uh, so join us in a bit. To this week's five-year plan podcast. Hey! Pod214. <laughs> Sponsored by Vector Printing for your print embroidery need. Go to vector.co.uk. That's Vector with a K. K. And JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. Oh well. You will. Are we going to get more money from JCIS for having Jason Punch and saying, <laughs> We I might have to renegotiate. Yeah. Um, just briefly, before we talk about the whole game, um, the new issue of FYP is out this weekend. Against oh, Hull, and it's yeah. got an exclusive Gabor Kirai interview. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Oh, I've been boycotting it until now. <laughs> well, we know somebody in Hungary who's going to be very pleased about that. It was Akos from Hungary that did the interview. Was it really? Yeah, oh, really? Oh, tracked oh, him down, did an interview, chatted wow. for a long time. Lots of interesting stuff. Excellent. And if you pick up a copy of the, the magazine... I think he took a lot of tracking down. He plays for a team in... <laughs> and he's the only guy wearing tracking bottoms as well. Um, and he, tracking down tracking sounds like a bit of... Yeah. He signed a pair of his tracksuit bottoms, which are, which are Kirai-branded tracksuit bottoms, and yeah. we're going to give them away. Um, You're going to have to wrest them out of Akos's hands. <laughs> you ain't going to let those out. <laughs> but if you get a copy of the fanzine this weekend, there's details in there of how you can do it, and there will be money... <laughs> Uh, we're gonna for every entry, we're gonna donate money to Palace for Life Foundation as well. That's that's, oh, that's everyone brilliant. wins. That's that's great. That's really commendable. Like, I mean that genuinely. Yeah. But can one day we not be the podcast that gives away tracksuits? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when it's Karai, I think it's half of a tracksuit. <laughs> well, also yeah. And speaking of money, you'll have heard in the, the interview about the amazing things that Jeff Thomas is doing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think all Palace fans will be wanting to try and donate Absolutely. whatever they can to his leukaemia. He's doing not just the Tour de France, but the Spanish Tour, the Giro Italia at the moment as well. Yeah. Only 39 People riders ever, in history. No amateurs have no done amateurs it. No amateurs have ever done it. Only 39 professionals have ever done it. He's it's unbelievable. Just, yeah. Astonishing, uh, man. Yeah. Um, so, we spoke to Punch about the whole game, and uh, yeah. this is what he said about this Sunday's massive game. Talk about Saturday, Sunday, Sunday, sorry, Sunday. Joe Wentworth has said, for you and the players who were here last season, does this 
weekend feel like Norwich at home last season? If so, how do you fancy scoring another belter to guarantee safety? Yeah, I think definitely it's a bit similar to, to Norwich, you know. But I think it is, it is really a cup final because you ain't got no much games after that. Mm-hmm. And you know you need to win. I'll take scoring a belter, yes, for <laughs> sure. And then Richard Morgan, as you said, it's a piece, but not a question, but just to let him know that we, the supporters, are well up for being the 12th man on Sunday. Palace fans often sort of turn up, don't they, in these kind of games? Yeah, been brilliant. You know, I think the game was it Middlesbrough at home. Yeah. It was all here at two o'clock yeah, or two yeah. thirty. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant atmosphere. And you know, we always know that they're always our top man in that corner when we're shooting that way in the yeah. second half. You know, and we're maybe one nil up or it's nil nil. You know, they always know that that can carry you through. Mm. Can I ask you a question about that? Because Palace almost always do play towards the home style in the second half. You as captain. You, you you toss the coin with, or the referee tosses the coin, and it's you and the other captain. Do you say to the other captain, if I win, we want to do this? Or no, I try not to say too much. So what I've tried not to do is, is try not to look at him. So I don't think it's good that you heard this before. <laughs> <laughs> so if you if you win the toss, you will always say we'll kick to the White Horse first. No, yeah, yeah. Always make sure at home. We'll always make sure that we're coming back. Yeah. But the, the only game I changed it, I don't know why. I just had a feeling I just had to go over my instinct. Was the West Brom game. So I made us in the West Brom game shoot towards our fans in the first half. Oh. In the second half we were shooting yeah, the other yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know if it was a psychological thing, I just made us do that. But why have we always shot towards home style? That's just something we've always done for years. Well, years, 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 years ago, the away fans were in the White We've done that to Liverpool. Yeah. I changed it. Because they wanted to, the first half, they wanted to shoot towards their cop end. Oh, they yeah. want to. That's interesting. Yeah. That so I changed it round. My favourite. Oh, the recent, the recent yeah. game. My yeah. favourite stat from that game was afterwards. Graham Souness was, and he gave Palace a lot of credit. To be fair, but he just said he couldn't remember a time in his memory when a Liverpool team attacking the cop end had no shots on target yeah. at all. And he said that's a, that's credit to Palace for. So they were so quiet there. The, the cop. Oh, they're they, they sit down and they're a myth. The, the first couple of minutes, uh, Liverpool game. When the, the atmosphere is brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. On the back of your neck stuff. But yeah. once they sit down, it's all. Uh, okay, so finally then, uh, Jason, ahead of Sunday, have you got a message for Palace fans? Um, just get there early. The early you can get there, the better, and just give us the great support that they've always given us, and you know, even more so this Saturday, this Sunday. Okay, so there you go. That was punching mm. Kevin mm. on the game this weekend. Big game. Um, he knows it's big, mm. and it's interesting what he's saying about the fans. Being the twelfth man again, mm. I um, as I s- said during the interview, well, everyone knows how anxious and nervous I get. <laughs> but, um, I'm actually, m- I'm actually more relaxed and confident about the outcome of the season now. From after talking to Punch, from after talking to Punch, yeah, because I know he he said there was no air of complacency, but I think I don't think they're right. He, they know what they've got to do, and I think yeah. just in general, he's, I was so impressed with his his demeanour, yeah, and I didn't expect. I thought, I thought we'd get a 10, 15 minutes mm. PR interview. The club would be happy. To be perfectly honest, I thought that after the weekend's result and some of the negative comments in the press about him, that we, that any minute the club would phone up and say we'd rather he didn't do it. Yeah, mm. me too. But to hear, I mean, we looked out the window at the red and blue bar and he showed us where he was brought up. Yeah, and, yeah. And talked about the sweet shop that he used to. And his mum used to work in the Clifton. His mum used to work yeah. in the Clifton That's Arms. That's right. Yeah. And to hear him wow. talk about it, it was always his destiny to come back to Palace. And even yeah. in the first six months when his fans didn't take to him, he knew that this is a club he wants to finish at. I just was so impressed. By, and his honesty about the cup final, 
and about how he would have behaved five years ago if that had happened and he's yeah. talking about his responsibility as a player and as a captain he was, he was great and I just feel he <coughs> I, I just you, you just know that they're aware of the situation yeah. that we're in and the disappointment for them and for us yeah. and that he just had the, the demeanour of a man who they want to put that right, basically. Yeah. The the I think for me, if anything, we talked about it a bit on the group chat that Dad hates so much. But oh, your voice is so sexy right now. Thank Wait, you. Whoa. <laughs> Thank you. It's very radio. Anyway, sorry, it's, it's on purpose. <laughs> You're listening to Palace Drive Time. <laughs> Uh, Would you get, get a room? <laughs> no, but still get a flat. Get your own flat and move out. <laughs> get out of the kitchen. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, I'm not going to Amazon. <laughs> not for that. <laughs> not, not on this money. Anyway, um, what money? I, I uh, we were talking about Swansea Everton and Swansea bottling it for us to to be mathematically safe. Yeah. yeah. I prefer the fact, especially after hearing Punch talk. Talk about how they they know what they have to do, and talk yeah. about it being his livelihood, yeah. and it affecting his livelihood, getting relegated and stuff. The fact that it's in our hands, yeah. in the squad's hands, to become mathematically safe now, and they know that, and they mm. know the gravity of it, what they have to do, and they want to do it. I've got confidence in them, and I'm, I'm looking no, forward. Yeah, to When Sunday. he talked about as well, he didn't mention Benteke as such, but when he talked about Luca and mm. Zahar, goodbye, mm. you know, people in the dressing room who've got. Yeah, we kind of go. Well, let's. Yeah, we got to put this right. We got yeah. to sort this out. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. And those are the names you want to hear. When, yeah, yeah. When you want good. people taking trail with yeah. goodbye. Have you noticed? And also as well? the news that, is, that he said that Tompkins. I don't know if he actually said it in the interview, but he said that Tompkins was looked like he's yeah, possibly, possibly, possibly yeah. fit and available. Possibly. But, you know, um, do uh, over the last couple of seasons, whenever Palace have had to step up, yeah, it's nearly always been punching. Have you noticed that? A cup final goal, punching. That Norwich, Norwich. goal. Norwich, yeah, punch. yeah, yeah. And he just seems to always be that guy that's just doing there or there about yeah. doing a podcast. Well, I t- that's an interesting, because I thought it was really interesting when he's, he mentioned... And what's what's great about it was that he knows the things we know. He knows who the other teams are playing. Yeah. He knows the situation they're in points-wise and goal difference-wise. And he talked about various games, and he said that we're actually quite good despite what Palace fans think, we're actually quite good in scrappy games. Yeah. Like yeah. Middlesbrough this year, Watford. Yeah, yeah. You know, we didn't, like you said, we didn't have All a shot against Watford. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he said the Norwich game is tricky. He said, he said we can, we can tough it out as well. It's not, it's not mm. just that we can sit back and soak up, a, you know, good teams. We mm. can actually scrap against teams. With, and he said, but it's always been a case of knowing when you have to do it. And yeah. now they know they've, they and, have to And, you know, historically, it. last four years, whenever they have had to do it, Palace have done it. Yeah. Haven't yeah. They? You know, our track record is pretty good yeah, yeah. at delivering. We should caveat that by saying if Andy Street was here right now, he would... Oh, no, actually, he's very positive at the moment, isn't he? Because mm. the numbers... He keeps sending us those yeah, percentage there, chances of... There will be still, people listening who will be a bit more nervous. I'm worried. I'm nervous. Oh, yeah, of course. Because it's not cut and dry. It's, it's, just, it's, really, it's a big game. But it's, it's a well, huge game. We, it's like we talked about Steve Brown. Yeah. I'm a middle-aged man, and yet I was gen- I'm genuinely excited at being at Palace today yeah. in an empty ground. Yeah, just yeah. popping off for five minutes to wander around, and I, I went to three different toilet cubicles just because they're empty, and you could didn't have to, you pretended <laughs> pretended to a steward that I was just going to. I you might even swung a cat in the other way. Exactly, I might even go in the ladies, but I just get genuinely excited. But the, it's really odd because, uh, you know, when we were away in Italy the weekend, with very old family friends, one of whom is 84 now, who's 
just as he was the one. We were sitting in Napoli's game, and he was just on the back of a piece of paper writing down all the. And he, he always thought that you'd get to this age and it wouldn't really matter. You go, yeah, as long yeah. as we got a club, it doesn't matter what division we're in. But I'm really, I'm nervous. I can't wait for it to be sorted out, and I'm, I'm just pleased God it sorted out on Saturday afternoon, and, and then we can go to the last game of the season. You know, but I, I, I think as well in a funny sort of way. I genuinely think that the Burnley result will help mm. on yeah, Sunday. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because we've as a got, wake up call. As a, yeah, yeah. As a, because we've got a manager and a group of players who, who, I mean, Punch was really interested about what he talks about in the huddle. It's one of the things he wouldn't tell us. Mm. Well, he always said it huddle. changes. And then he talked yeah. about how we have to attack in the homes now. It's a real difference, yeah, except yeah. one game away from home. Yeah, the West Brom game. He West decided Brom. to do it the other way. But, yeah. but, it, but he, yeah. it, we've we've got a group of players who are aware of what went wrong against Burnley, and we'll, I think we'll ultimately ultimately that result on a podcast in twenty years' time, JD will be saying on this day. Yeah. 2017, 2017 what was it? we were yeah, Burnley's yeah. only away win yeah. and we'll yeah. well, I won't oh, I mean, there was on this day but these guys moan about it yeah. so I probably <laughs> won't be able to do that anymore um, <laughs> okay. look, Hull will be far more worried about it than, oh definitely than, oh it's much it's, it's, yeah they'll, they'll and be, even if they get yeah. a result against us they've got, got, they've got to be Tottenham, <laughs> be Tottenham. And like you again said, we've got to get one point from it to yeah yeah. and they've got to get one point to be level with Swansea we've got to get one point to be mathematically safe exactly so it's a Okay, well, listen, look, that's a nice positive end to be on. We're feeling positive, and we obviously hugely appreciate Steve and Jason coming on the pod and talking to us as well. Um, and you guys for listening. And we'll not forget talking us through some interesting beers. Yeah, yeah. yeah so there'll be a bit on the uh, Eagles of CBFC. I, 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 I feel sometimes that like I'm letting Steve Barrett down by not being as excited about beers. <laughs> it was a bit grapefruity, I admit. But One of them yeah. was very, but oh. there will be a lot of people going to the beer festival who are really into beer. Of course, so oh, the beer that. festival would be great. And you're not, like you're not a big beer guy, are you? No, I didn't really. I asked for a and t but they wouldn't. <laughs> they wouldn't provide. They wouldn't do him a tea cocktail either. So <laughs> I stand by that. Anyway, right, well, listeners, don't want big tea to hear you. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening. Uh, we will be with you after the whole game. See you on the other side. Yeah. yeah. See you then. Podcast Network.